Welcome to the Losing Weight with Fasting and Mindful Eating podcast. I am your host, Monika Banach, an advanced practice nurse and a weight loss coach. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to today's episode. Before we get started, a real quick disclaimer, everything we discuss here is based on our personal knowledge and experience. None of this is medical advice, so always seek the advice of your physician with any questions you may have. If you are enjoying my podcast, please take a moment and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread the word and it helps me continue making these podcasts for free. My guest today is Jerome Ortega. His YouTube and Instagram username is Finally Fasting. Jerome has struggled with being obese pretty much his entire life. He's been consistent with fasting over the last 21 months. And at one point, his total weight loss was 110 pounds. He's been maintaining around 90 pound total weight loss. His refeeds are like 5,000 calories and more, (laughs) and he includes half a pumpkin pie during his refeeds. This is what has worked for him, and he's been able to maintain his weight loss and not feel restricted with food choices. This just proves that there are different ways of doing things, and you have to find what works for you. This is exactly why I have so many different guests on my podcast, on my show to present different ways of doing things. So hopefully you can find and try different things and find what works for you. Again, it doesn't mean that one person is right and the other person is wrong. Jerome and I discuss some some of the most common weight loss struggles that we have both gone through and some of the most common things that other people are struggling with as well. We talk about how to get back on track after regaining the weight you lost. We talk about refeeds and the most important part, which is fixing your mindset around food, the emotional eating. We discuss Jerome's fasting protocol, his initial fasting protocol and his maintenance protocol. And uh, we'll give some examples of his refeeds and more. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Okay. So again, Jerome, so I have lost probably, I I guess we'll just get right into it, but I have lost, if we look at the high and low end, I have lost at one point over a hundred pounds. It's, I haven't lost as much now. A lot of that is just the maintaining portion of it, but Mm -hmm. I've lost most of this weight through fasting or primarily through fasting. I have been obese, morbidly obese at many points in my life almost my entire life. And it's only been this last, I think almost, well, coming up to two years where I've actually been able to keep the weight off consistently. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much a short synopsis. Of yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing. We'll post your pictures on YouTube on the video, but like your before and after transformation, you, you don't even look like the same person. Like I, 
I get that a lot. Actually, it's it's funny you say that because I was <laughs> at a family party last week and I haven't seen a lot of families since, you know, COVID. And now that a lot of us are vaccinated, mm-hmm. you know, I went over there and I had my mask on and a lot of people who were there didn't even know it was me until like yeah. I took it off. And yeah, so. I can see that. Yeah. I was like, who's this, who this sexy man over oh, here? <laughs> no, like, you look amazing. I'm super well, proud you. of you. So yeah, that's a lot of weight that you've lost. How did you get introduced to fasting? I know you've tried different diets, mm-hmm. different things like probably most people out there that can relate to this. How did you get introduced to fasting? So I don't know exactly where I started or how I started, but it was years ago Mm -hmm. and it wasn't extended fasting at the time. It was intermittent fasting. And I, Mm -hmm. I, maybe it was in an internet article or a video. I don't know exactly where, but a lot of people were talking about 16 eights, right? Doing a 16 hour fast in an eight hour eating window. And, Mm -hmm. and like you said earlier, I have tried everything like caloric restriction, trying to do low carb, incorporating exercise, all that kind of stuff, eating multiple meals a day, small, and like none of that has ever really worked for me, or at least permanently worked where I could just keep the weight off and not gain it back. Cause that's always been an issue for me my entire life. But yeah, again, like I had just started doing 16 hour, you know, fasts with eight hour eating windows. And then that kind of like, as time grew on that changed to like 20, 20 hour fasts, four hour, and then like, oh, mad. But even then when I was doing it, it, it had success, but I would always end up gaining weight. I could do 23, I could do OMAD and I would still end up eating or I would still end up gaining weight. And a lot of that has to do with my own like overeating issues, Mm -hmm. which is why like I had started to look into extended fasting. Yeah. So same thing with me. I started with intermittent, like the 16, eight, like probably Mm -hmm. four years ago. And it worked, but I actually didn't see like a huge change in my weight because just like you said, like I would fast and then I would just go and eat normal. And so it just wasn't enough calorie restriction, I guess, Mm -hmm. for it to actually see the difference. So same. And then you've been consistent with the prolonged fasting for the last 20 something months, yeah, like 21 tw- months, 21 plus months. And, and that's when you lost majority of your weight, right? And have kept it off. I have never been this low in weight ever in my entire life. Like the last time I could ever remember being in like the one thirties or one forties. I mean, I, maybe yeah. I was in grade school. That was probably the last time I was ever this low in weight. So while we at the weight, like what was your highest weight and what are you currently now? Like, what, or I guess, what was your highest and lowest when you were fasting? Sure. So like at one point I was over, I would say, cause I remember the last time I weighed on, cause especially when I weighed so much, I never wanted mm-hmm. to step on the scale. I was too embarrassed, yeah. you know, to be like, mm-hmm. how could I, and like, I'm not a tall per. I'm five, three, I'm short. Right. So like five, three at one point, I remember looking at the scale and I was over 235 pounds. Right. So five, three, 235. And then this past December, I had, you know, through these consistent fasts with these Mm -hmm. like 90 hour 
you know, that was usually my average, which is my average now around 65 to 90 hour fasts. Mm -hmm. I had gotten all the way down to 124.4. So that was, and that was like a goal of mine to just get under 125 for Mm -hmm. no real, because at one point I was 135 and I was like, this is good, but I don't know. There was something in me that said, and like, I don't know if that's like the competitive, like part of me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at one point I was 124.4. I look at those pictures now and I'm like, that might've been a little too much. That's um, what I was going to ask you. Like, you know, sometimes we have like a certain number in mind and I've done that before and I'll get to a certain amount and I'm like, I am just like too skinny. Like I right. don't look healthy. I look like almost like, yeah, yes. And like, so, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't No, no, no. Go ahead. To, go ahead. I was no. just going to say, it's like, A lot of people who have seen me lose that weight, you know, obviously people who are close to me, they support me. But even when I was that low, Mm -hmm. at that point, I was having some people say, hey, like, you're doing good. It's just, you know, it's like they were trying to be very nice about saying, like, maybe you're pushing it. And like, at at one point, I I felt like maybe I was at at the moment, at the time, I felt like I was fine. Like, I, I physically, I felt fine. But again, when I look back, through some of those pictures, I was like, Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is when I hit that weight, because it was like a goal of mine, because like my, my 40th birthday was coming mm-hmm. up and I wanted to like get under hundred, which is crazy. I cannot believe you are 40. <laughs> like I was just telling you before this, we started this, right. I was like, you look like a 28 year old boy. Like you look I'll so take young. It. I'll yes, take it. Thank I love you. It. But yeah. And so like, it was just that weird part of me that was just like, yeah, like you've been doing this so long, let's let's hit this other goal. But when I when I turned 40, I said, okay, let's go to the gym. And like mm-hmm. I actually went back to the gym and I started lifting weights mm-hmm. and like 125 turned into like 135. And at one point I was very good at around 140. I was lifting maybe three or four times a week, doing cardio five mm-hmm. times a week. And right now, currently though, I sit in the high 140s. It's not where I want to be. And it's funny because I've been consistent for so long that in my head, it's just like, I got this, like it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, smooth, but it never is smooth sailing. And so the last couple of months have been a little bit of a struggle, but we, we can get into that. that that's, yeah, we'll you definitely know, talk about this because I think a lot of people go through these struggles. So yeah, we'll right. talk about that later, but so what is the weight? Do you have a certain number? Did you so one twenty five was a little too low? Right. What is the number? Do you have a certain number or certain look that you want to get to as far as weight goal? Yeah. So like, obviously, I think really it isn't about the number, right? Like we get mm-hmm. obsessed about that number yes. on the scale. We just can't help it. It's something that I've been obsessed with forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to this day, I still get on the scale every single morning and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll weigh multiple times a day just to see where I'm at. Yeah. And to the point where it's just like, is this a little obsessive? Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Like sometimes I, I tell myself, you're just using it as a guide. And it is, it's been helpful as like a statistical way of looking at the numbers, but Ideally, though, I think I want to sit anywhere between, I would say, maybe 135 to 138. And like, I've been there before, I know, like how I looked and how I felt and even lifting weights, like, I felt good around that range. And so I think I would be happy there, even 140, I think I would be okay at. 
So I'm happy where I'm at right now, like in the high one forties, but I know I can, I know I can lose a little more. And it's just, it's like when I look at myself in the mirror and like, you know, we're, we're our own biggest critics. I'll look at the mirror and it's like, I, I get, I'm just judging everything I'm looking at. And I'm like, this could be better. This could. Well, you know, but sometimes it's also like recomp, like changing your body composition, like adding more muscle, obviously for a guy versus like being skinny. Which is also why that number really doesn't matter. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, obviously it gets in your head, but yeah, like adding more muscle is going to put more weight on the scale. It's just a matter of like, and, and that's why, like, I even, you know, I always tell people, like, try your clothes on first. Mm-hmm. Like, if it fits better, if you look better, then, like, don't don't be so obsessed with that number on the scale. It's things I say, and, like, I yeah. still, I can't help myself. Do you have any loose skin? Like, you lost, at one point, like, over 100 pounds. Like, do you have any loose skin anywhere? I, I do, yeah. It's mostly, it's mostly, like, on the lower, like, stomach, right? That's mostly where it is. I mean, again, like over, over a hundred pounds, if you take my highest and my lowest, it's something that I never initially thought was going to be a thing. And it's funny because like a lot of people are always, they'll always say like, well, yeah, you fast, so it should go away. And like, I don't, I mean, it maybe it, I think it might depend on every, you know, every person might yeah. be different, but like, I have pictures of myself with my shirt off before and, and like, I haven't even posted that because like, I'm so just like self-conscious about doing that maybe one of these days, but Mm -hmm. like if people really got the grasp of like how, because like I used to wear a 38 size waist and like almost to the point where I was going to buy a 40 size waist. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and like, it was just, that's where most of my weight would gather. Now I wear a size 28 waist to the point that like, I can't even, so like the 28s are loose on me. I have to like, Mm -hmm. even, I always say this, like when I make my YouTube videos, but like the shirts I wear now, these are, I shop at the boys section at target. I wear a size (laughs) boys, like 10 to 12 large, uh, 12 to 14. And like, (laughs) and so like, yeah, that's a considerable, if you, think about the size of those shirts and those pants Mm -hmm. versus I used to wear double XL adult shirts and you know just to like cover everything that is a lot of skin that has been like stretched stretched yeah absolutely yeah and I think sometimes people get a little caught up in this and they're like well fasting supposed to help with tighten the skin and it does Mm -hmm. it like I don't have any loose skin actually maybe just a little under my arms here but my stomach, it's mostly tightened up. But again, like That's I lost great. 60 pounds. I, and yeah. I'm pretty, I'm tall. I'm five, nine. So mm-hmm. I carried my weight a little bit different. You know, sure. if, if a lot of your weight is in your stomach and you lose over hundred pounds, it is hard. Like some of the skin will tighten, but you right. will have some of the, you know, it's not a miracle cure for loose skin when you get to a certain level, like you, you get above that 70, 80 pounds. Is it something that's like, annoying in your way? Is it something that you would want to remove surgically or you're okay with? So I've thought about it, especially like when I was, you know, at like my ideal weight for a long time, I was just like, it's one of those things where I, cause like I'll wear a compression shirt, right? Because Mm -hmm. it it helps. It kind of helps put everything together or whatever, but it is something that I considered at the same time. Like I've I've tried to like Google it and 
I just don't know if that's something that's in my cards at this mm-hmm. moment. Something to consider, but it doesn't, when we say annoying, it's just to, it's just more of a vanity thing, right? Like yeah. I'll look in the mirror and I'm just like, ugh, like, you know, this could look better if like the loose skin wasn't here. It isn't awful. And I, I, I think, again, it's like people will tell me it's like, you're making a big deal out of nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. But again, like, that's just like how we look at ourselves in the mirror. It, yeah. it isn't something I think about too often, but maybe down the road, but I, I really don't know. So it would be more aesthetic, you know, it's not like sure. risk of infection. Like some people, they have a lot of skin and it gets red and then like infected mm-hmm. or rubbing on your like belt and stuff, then yeah. that's different. But if it's aesthetic and you're, you can deal with it, you know, right. it's not that big of a deal, I guess. Right. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. I do want to go back to, you know, obviously we all have our own story of why do we gain weight? Like at what point in our lives, like what happened? Like, is it emotional eating? Is it family or something that happened in your life? Like, do you have a certain event in your life that caused you over time to gain the weight? Or is it just something that happened from childhood? And I mean, that's, that's a great question. And it's something that I've thought about, like, as I grew up and I, I got older is like, there were a lot of times where, so, you know, just to be transparent, like I deal with disordered eating. I mean, mm-hmm. I make these YouTube videos where I eat a ton of food in one sitting because I'm able to do so to like achieve satiety, right? Where I feel yeah. full. And I don't know if I can pinpoint one exact moment, but I do remember that when I was like, 14 or 15, I would already start asking myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? And when I say that, it means why am I overeating the way I do? An easy way to kind of like explain this is like, I remember coming home from high school, like walking home or taking the bus home from high school, stopping at the gas station, and I would buy all this food and I would like stuff it in my backpack and I would hide it. And then I would eat it in my room, Mm. like secretly, Mm -hmm. privately. And I think a lot of that was emotional eating either because I was stressed out and it's still something that I do to this day. I feel like I have lost all this weight and people think that like it's smooth sailing after that, but this is a, it is a lifelong journey. It is something that you have to deal with every single day. It's a struggle for everybody. And we have, yeah, we have those good days and bad days. But so when I was younger though, because I was always overweight, even as a child, And like growing up as an adolescent, we never had any kind of like sweet foods or like junky foods in the house. It was mostly healthy foods. And I think a lot of that was because it was, it was like, you got to lose weight. You know, you're, it was just, it's like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it was a parental thing, but like, I think a lot of it was a factor taking stuff away from me that I couldn't have made me want it more. Mm, and I don't so know restricting, if restricting, restricting those foods. Is anyone else in your family? Was anyone else overweight in your um, family or a little maybe, but most, mostly not. It was, I think for the most part, like, cause I have a lot of cousins and I have a lot of family, mm. but for the most part, most of us were just average, I guess, maybe a few were overweight, but mm-hmm. not to the point of where I got to, like the point of being morbidly obese. Yeah. 
So restricting the treat foods. So you felt like I'm going to get buy all this stuff and eat in secret. And that created more. Eventually it turned into like a way to escape, right? Mm. It was a way where I eat, I feel good in that moment. Like mm-hmm. it, it sounds amazing and you know, all that. Yeah. And then you do it. And then the next day it's just like, you beat yourself up over it. Yeah. And you feel worse. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you feel guilty. And, and that's the biggest thing. Some of the people that I coach, like, they'll message me and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I ate bad. And I'm like, the worst thing you can do is beat yourself up for what you did yesterday. You just got to forgive yourself, learn from it, of course, Mm -hmm. and just get back into it. And I've done it. I'm super guilty of doing all those things because I've done it over the last 10 years, like that roller coaster. I have been watching some of your YouTube videos, which they're great, by the way. If anyone, if people out there have not seen your videos, definitely go watch them. They're awesome. Your YouTube name is Finally Fasting. Finally Fasting. Mm -hmm. And one of the YouTube videos you were talking about, one of the primary reasons for you wanting to lose this weight was for kind of vanity for a wedding (laughs) that you had to do. And you had 78 days to lose a certain amount of weight. And it was really cool because you show your board and like everything that you have, like you marked all your days, what you did. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, was that your main like inspiration, like for losing this big chunk of weight? It was, there were a lot of things that actually played into it. So at the time I was living in LA, I had just gotten a new job out there. And so I moved out there and I had a wedding to go to in late 2019. Not his wedding. It was a friend's wedding. Yeah, not not my wedding. (laughs) So, so, you know, I say 78 days, but it was actually long. Like I had more time. I knew that wedding was Mm -hmm. coming. It was just a matter of like me saying, okay, I have 90 something days. So Mm -hmm. I would mark it. So that whiteboard that I used, it used to be a higher day than 78. It was Mm -hmm. just like me trying and I'm like, I messed up today. So like, I'm not, let's race this board. And I'm, it was, (laughs) but yeah, eventually 78 days was what it turned out to be. I was like, okay, 78 days left. And I use that whiteboard because it was accountability right? Mm -hmm. So I was in a co-working space. I worked with a couple other people in this co-working space. And a lot of people who worked in that place, not even, you know, with our company would pass by and see that whiteboard. So I did that on purpose. So people could see, like, it was accountability for me. The fact that- Did you keep it at home or at work? No, that was at work. That oh, was at work. Yeah, that oh. whiteboard was at work and it was public wow. and people would walk by and they would like look and they're like, what is that guy right? And it was literally my weight and like, mm. you know, my fasting and all that. I brought a scale to work and I would weigh every day. And one of the reasons I did that was when I first started doing it for accountability, it, it wasn't working because there wasn't enough on the line. I'm kind of that person where it's just like the more competitive it is for me, mm-hmm. the the better drive I have. Yeah. So like two people at work, they're just like, okay, like let's bet on it, which, <laughs> which is what, and, and like somebody bet me $500 that I couldn't lose wow. 50 pounds in the 78 days. And I said, okay, let's go. And so, you Did know, you? yeah, I, yeah. and so like I, one person, 500, the other person, 250. Wow. And so like, that was just a bigger motivation for me to, to mm-hmm. do this in my head. I, I had already 
implemented a plan of like prolonged fasting or extended fasting. I just, at the time I was not familiar with like what routine I should use. I really wasn't aware of like doing rolling fasts. It wasn't even a term that was in my head, but it was something that evolved into it as I started doing it. But yeah, those 78 days were, they were, it was a great learning experience. It was also very tough. And for me, it was a a good way to show accountability. So did you, what was your length of fasting during those 78 days and how much did you lose total? So when I started at that point, I think I was around 220 pounds. I I don't know the exact number. It was around 220 pounds. And that is actually when I talk about 21 months plus Mm. of consistent fasting, I'm talking about when I started in September, 2019, when I weighed 220 plus pounds. I think during the course of the time, I wasn't sure how long I should be fasting for. So I think the first couple of fasts, I was like, okay, I'll do like a 36 hour or 40 something hour. Mm -hmm. And then I would, you know, I was kind of playing it by ear and my refeeds would be short. I told myself, I'm like, okay, you're going to do these fasts. You're going to eat in a small window of time. And then you're just going to repeat the process. Mm -hmm. As far as how long they would go, I I didn't know. So like the first couple were like in the thirties and in the forties. And then I started pushing it into the sixties and then kind of playing back and forth and weighing every day was actually helpful for me because then it would show me like, you know, if I was, I mean, you know, losing weight or at least on the number, but you know, it was just, it was just a guide. Eventually though, I think there was one stretch of time where I did, I think I went almost a month or three weeks plus where I was just, I did like, I ate once a week. So like I fasted for an entire week, refed like on a Saturday for like six hours or so. And then I would go do another seven day fast. And it was great. I lost a ton of weight during that time, but that was also really brutal. And like the thought of doing that again, I don't know if I I could. (laughs) Well, you're pretty lean now. So that (laughs) probably would not be even possible because the leaner you get, the harder it is to do this long fast. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I did end up losing the 50 pounds plus. I don't remember again, exactly where I was at, but I think I had hit either the high 160s at that Mm. point. And then I was a little scared actually, because after the wedding, I was like, okay, now you have nothing on the line. Like, Mm. what are you going to do? And, you know, thankfully this YouTube channel started for me because I was like, okay, I need to show more accountability somewhere. And that's kind of how the YouTube channel evolved because I decided like, you know, if I want people to, if I want to keep myself, you know, again, accountable, Mm -hmm. I had to do something to show that like I was doing something to keep my like mm-hmm. weight loss health journey going. Yeah. Accountability is huge. It has been for me. I know it is for a lot of people. Your your chances of reaching your goals with having accountability, it's like 95%. I believe so it. Yeah. when there's no accountability, there's no responsibility. So like for me, like I have some accountability partners. I do have a coach. And just my Instagram, like, I can't just like, you'll know when I gain weight, right? And it's happened before. I'm like 10 pounds heavier. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to lose this because people are depending on me. I am accountable to my followers, these people that have been following me for a while through my weight loss journey. And that helps me. It makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference because if, if you're not accountable to anything or anyone out there, you're just like, 
don't really yeah. have a goal. Right. So. And you hit the nail on the head because a lot of that is just, if you don't have that accountability, right? Like you can mm-hmm. keep yourself in your apartment or your house or whatever. And like, nobody can see like how, you know, how you're eating or what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, you know, not everybody needs that, but there are some people where like, it is definitely a benefit to do that. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to ask you going back to the whiteboard and having the accountability at work, did people, were people judgy about like the long fast, especially because a lot of people don't understand prolonged fasting mm-hmm. or were people supportive of it? Or how did you <laughs> go about that? Or a little bit of both? Yeah, a sure. little bit of both. So the guys that I worked with at the time, like we we were a small marketing company mm-hmm. and the guys I worked with at the time didn't understand. These were guys who were like in their early twenties who were like, lean and tall and like they could eat anything they want. And like, that was a rough part for it too. So like, as I was fasting during that time, I would still go out to lunch with them. They would have candy and like, they eat whatever (laughs) at their desks. And like, so that was for me, that was more of just like willpower at that point. But Mm. a lot of them didn't understand. I've always had people ask me like, aren't you going to die doing that? And Mm. You know, I mean, and I guess to be fair, it's, it's a valid question. A lot of, you know, what I do or just like fasting in general, isn't the norm, especially here in the States. It's not Mm -hmm. something that a lot of people do. I mean, you know, it looks like there's a little more popularity behind it now or today, but like, you know, even just like in late 2019, when I started like people didn't, when I would explain it, they'd be like, that's not normal. Just eat normal. And like, and it's, it's, I get that a lot where it's just like, just Mm -hmm. restrict your calories and exercise. And I wish I could like get into the whole, like, well, I've done that and it just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And like, I wish I could just tell people, you have to understand that everyone's situation is a little different. Like, and, and something I always say is like, just because I fast for that long or I eat the way I do, doesn't mean that you have to do it. You just have to find like, what, what works, works for, you. for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I thought, I felt the same way when, you know, I started looking into prolonged fasting. I was like, no, that's crazy. Like 24 hours, not to say like 72 hours. Like I right. thought it was just crazy. And, but that is the only thing that worked for me. Restricting calories doesn't work for me. Somebody mm-hmm. that's a overeater and binge eater, emotional eater, it doesn't work. Like I wish I could just eat, you know, three meals a day and restrict my calories, but it doesn't work. But also there's so many myths about fasting that a lot of people go by. And so learning, and I know you did this because you speak about this in your videos, actually getting on internet and learning anything you can. Don't just listen to people or naysayers like, oh, that's stupid. You're going to die. There's people that have fasted a year and didn't die. Mm -hmm. So actually going out there and educating yourself, learning the risks, the benefits. Don't just listen to Monica or Jerome. Like we've lost our weight and we've done our research, but do your own research. Knowledge is power. And it can actually motivate you to get started with fasting because it's not just the weight. I think the biggest thing for me that got me motivated to fast is the other benefits like looking younger look at you you're like 10 years younger (laughs) at least from what you were before like anti-aging health benefits cancer there's so many amazing benefits beyond fasting fasting is one of the 
benefits, of course, that most people are familiar with, but right. the health benefits for me now are more important than even the weight. Yeah. No, even no, when I... I get skinny, when I, even when I get to my goal weight, which I'm almost there, I still want to fast. I right. still want to spend, you know, maybe twice a year and do like a longer fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is this I, something that's for you? I'm sorry to. No, no, to, go ahead. Is this something that you plan on doing for the rest of your life? Is this like a lifestyle now? Yeah, complete lifestyle. This is the only thing that has ever worked for me to keep me in check. And, you know, when you were talking about like the benefits, one of the main things as well is like the mentality, the mental part of yes. it, right? Like I feel a lot more confident. I feel like losing this weight has brought back like the part of me that wants to be social, which is like unfortunate because as I started to lose all this weight, COVID happened. And I was like, well, now I can't go and like do any, but like, but even just like the confidence that I have, you know, the risks that I take. And it's not to say that people who are overweight or whatever shouldn't be more confident, shouldn't take risks. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, losing this weight, putting myself in a better mental state has, Mm -hmm. has given me the opportunity to like, put myself out there more. It's also made me realize that like, Hey, I'm still the same person that I was, even when I weighed that much, I just, I never had that confidence in me. You know, Mm -hmm. if if anything, it's helped just boost like who I am as a person, whether I'm this weight or if I gain 80, like it's, and I'm not saying that's what I want, but I just, I want people to understand that like, yeah, there is a physical benefit to it, but the mental aspect of it is huge as well. But, but yeah. And just to like answer what you were asking, this is a lifestyle for me. It is the only thing that's ever worked. I would love to, you know, back off extended fasting, like I don't want to do as many as I have or as often as I have, but like, that's still a trial and error thing. You know, I will say like the things that I have dealt with in the past is like when I was 22, you know, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes with high blood pressure. I was finding myself in the ER a lot because I just, I would get very anxious and like, they'd have to do my, I think my blood pressure was so high, like two or three times that they had to do the, was it the EKG or whatever, yeah. like they, where they put everything just to make sure everything. Yeah. Just yeah. to make sure everything was okay. How high was your blood pressure? I don't even remember, but, but it was to the point where they had to do it because mm. they just, you know, they wanted to make sure everything was okay. I remember though, when they first diagnosed me with diabetes, my blood sugar was like in the 400 plus range. It was like extremely like, and like, I had no idea what it meant. The thing is though, like my, my dad was also diabetic. So like he was diabetic. I saw the complications that he dealt with. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because like, even though he had all those complications, it wasn't motivator for me to Mm -hmm. like do something about it. When my dad passed, it was difficult. And I thought like, this was going to be my turn to like, be like, okay, you need to like, you know, do the right thing. So you don't put yourself in this position. But like, even then that that still wasn't enough. And, And it's just, it's interesting how the mind plays such a big part in it because sometimes it just takes one certain thing to like flip that switch. And I don't know, I don't know why it happened in LA for me. I don't know if it was just because of this wedding, but like, 
it was just the matter of me doing it and then learning from it, right? Like as these months have passed, I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about what I do or how my mind thinks. And like, it at least puts me back in like a better balance than where I used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and people do ask like, well, how do I get started? Like I'm trying, I can't get this weight off. It's right here. You have yeah. to come to your own like enough because that's what happened to me. And that's where I lost all my weight was when COVID started. Mm-hmm. I was like, I am a medical person. Like this thing could kill me potentially, especially if I go to work. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what hit me. I was like, I don't want to spend this being in a lockdown, drinking, binge eating. I probably would have gained like another 50 pounds in the last year if I did not stop. So I don't know. It's like maybe everyone's rock bottom maybe sometimes and that's different for everyone or maybe mm-hmm. just like getting to this like if you have kids like okay I want to be there for my kids graduating from high school like having right. that big enough reason like why are you doing it the fear of death fear of losing somebody and you've seen your dad go through this and right you know dying from it basically and it still didn't change so I don't know what it is I think it's different for everyone and Absolutely. it's hard to kind of say which what specific thing it is for somebody you have to I think figure it out yourself yeah yeah and and you're right though like for a lot of people it's just a matter of like doing it you know it's Mm -hmm. it's getting yourself again in that mindset I think a big thing that a lot of people miss is yeah the physical part is tough the willpower to do these things can be difficult but if you don't put yourself in that right mindset like you might have all the the physical, like, you know, when a lot of us first start doing these like diets or fasts mm-hmm. or whatever, we have all the, you feel like you have all the willpower in the world because yes. you're like, I'm going to do it. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's time. But I think the more important part is like, are you mentally there to keep doing it? Because, you know, we talk about diets and so on and so forth, but really this is a lifestyle, you know, people have said like, you can't just do these fasts forever. And it's like, well, I mean, like if there's anyone at this point, I feel like I've been doing it for this long now (laughs) that, you know, if it doesn't show that it doesn't work, then I I don't know what will. And you don't have to be doing like three, five day fasts. You can just be doing OMAD or two and, and just maintain your weight this way. And I think that's the biggest thing for me with fasting. It was something that finally worked. Nothing worked. I've done keto. It worked for a little while. Then I regained weight because I stopped eating keto foods and I started eating carbs again. Right. With fasting, you really can't do it with any diet. Like you can do vegan, vegetarian. It goes with every diet out there, carnivore. And it's the only thing I think that worked for me. And it gave me hope. Like I can do this. And I think that was the frustrating thing for me the last 10 years, like losing weight with keto, regaining, losing. And I felt like a failure. I felt like I just couldn't follow the diet. I always worked out. (laughs) I tried to eat healthy, but then I would get off the diet and then regain over like two weeks, regain like 20 pounds. So it was mentally defeating. So finding fasting and how easy it is. Mm-hmm. because it is easy now maybe not for some people that are just starting off <laughs> right no but that's so true because I think out of any kind of 
way of eating or, you know, regimen fasting is Mm -hmm. the most versatile. It is the most flexible way. I had somebody ask me when I had brought it up to them, they were like, well, it sounds good, but like, what should I eat? Because like Mm -hmm. this, this person was very fixated on eating a certain set of foods. And like, I don't really, and this person told me that while they enjoyed they first started doing keto and they had lost weight doing it, but felt bad because they felt like it was just too much meat and they didn't want to do that. And so they didn't want to go back to a, and I said, no, you, you eat the way you want to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, you just need to figure out your fasting regimen. And the question usually is like, well, what should I fast at? And I said, whatever you're comfortable with. Like, if you want to start off, if you've never fasted before and like, you just, you're not familiar with it, like start even with a 12, see how that feels. If that feels okay, then move on and add an hour or add more. Mm -hmm. And the more you do it, the more you'll realize that like, you don't need to be eating all day, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but that's, again, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty for me as well. Like, so like even before keto, I was doing, I think before keto was like the big term I was doing low carb, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was, and I think at one point I was just giving myself 25 carbs a day, which, you know, worked initially, like I would lose a little weight. And for me, again, I think that restriction is just very difficult for me. For some people, like they're, they're able to do that and more power to them. If it was up to me, during my refeeds, I would eat a lot cleaner if I could. It's just very hard for me, Mm -hmm. which is why like I fast for longer and I eat a lot more. But when I was doing low carb before, it would work until it didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Like there would be a day where there'd be a family event or like a party or I'd Mm -hmm. go to a bar and it's like, yeah, I drink like two beers and you know, whatever. And it's it's all down the drain. And that cycle would be like the next day it'd be like, well, like, I don't want to do 25 carbs. Like this was so enjoyable yesterday. And, and like that cycle would happen. And so for me, again, I think with the disordered eating, with the overeating, I've said this before, I'm a very all or nothing person. I have that like mentality where it's like you either do it hundred percent correct or mm-hmm. forget about it. And just, and like, that is not the right mindset, but that's a very bad habit that I have a hard time getting myself out of, well, which is what works for you. And if that's what works for right. you, then yeah. And Do you subscribe to a particular like diet or you just kind of eat pretty much wide variety of foods? Yeah. So I've tried. And, and so here's the thing is <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> here's the thing is like, I know that I could eat better and over time, over the 21 plus months I've been doing it, I've noticed that my diet has gotten better. It isn't perfect. But when I tell people like people will ask me, like, how did you lose all that weight? I'm like, so like, sometimes I won't even start off with fasting. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just be like, I, I eat half a pumpkin pie every time I eat, you know, and they're <laughs> like, what? But it's actually honestly the truth. And like the last, for some reason, I have like this obsession with pie, especially pumpkin pie. And every <laughs> refeed, I eat half of a pie. Wow. Like I do try to eat cleaner on my YouTube channel. I have recorded myself eating, you know, when I first started the YouTube channel and it was a lot more processed or junky than I do now, but it doesn't mean that it isn't super clean. So while I try to like keep things a little cleaner, 
I restrict nothing. So mm-hmm. no carb restriction, no, no, anything, no calorie restriction, which is why like I eat 6,000 to 7,000 calories per refeed. Like it's more than a lot of people can eat, but for me, that's what gives me satiety. But at the same time, that's what has helped me lose weight is to do a 6,000, 7,000 calorie refeed and then a 90 hour fast. So when people ask me like you lost 90, whatever pound. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly how I've been doing it over and over and over. And as time has gotten, like, as time has passed, I have tried to like, you know, evolve how I eat, which is why, like, I try to cook more and I've like learned, cause I've never, I've never been a cook. I would, you know, my whole life, I've just been like eating out and like going to fast food and like whatever is easy and like whatever's most processed because that's what tastes the best. But like, it has changed over time. You know, ideally I would like to eat less processed foods, but I know that if I put myself on that restriction, I just know that's, that is absolutely a trigger for me to kind of like go on a downward spiral. How long does it take you to eat that many calories? Do you just, I mean, do you get like overly stuffed? Like, I mean, five, six, I can't even imagine eating that much. (laughs) I'll eat like 2000 calories and I can't even finish it. But like, what do you, can you give an example? Like how long it takes you and what, like, what do you eat? Like pie, of course. Yeah. It's funny because when I first started doing these, like this process of rolling fasts and these refeeds. Mm -hmm. When I first started, I just said, okay, Jerome, you're going to eat until you're full. And like, that's what I did because I was just trying to find like that part of me that was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I can go start another fast. And when I started counting, I was like, wow, this is, this is a lot more calories than I thought. (laughs) And it was around the 6,000 range. Mm -hmm. And I thought as I started to lose weight, as I went from like, 220 to 200 to 180. I thought that the smaller I got, the less I would want to eat that much, but it hasn't changed. Even at 125 pounds, I was still eating 6,000 calories, which I couldn't, I don't know how, I don't know. And I don't know how it's possible. And I, I know people who have watched me do that on YouTube they'll be like, Jerome, I try to eat that many and I can't do it. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, yeah, don't, don't try to, to eat that which much. Is, yeah. Which is why now I always say, please don't eat as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Don't fast as long as I do. <laughs> Find the balance that works yeah. for you. So, so in terms of how long it takes me, I can put down 6,000 calories. Typically it averages around three hours, but like I've I can eat 6,000 calories in under two hours if I, and it's not like a race or anything. It's just sometimes like I, after a 90 hour fast, I do get hungry and like, that's just how it works. A lot of people will reply though. And they'll be like, Hey, I tried this. And like, this isn't, this is awful (laughs) on my stomach. And I'm like, I get that. And it is for a lot of people. So please like figure out what you're doing for you. And Mm -hmm. like, sometimes I think when people start, a different lifestyle, a different diet or start fasting, they try to change everything. Like now I'm a perfect eater. I'm going to eat healthy. And it's obviously it's good to eat healthier, Sure, but this is what worked for you. So, and then now as you are into this journey, starting to change those habits that you have learned to do for so long and just doing it slowly, systematically, and not like this big, boom, you know, everything, you have to change everything. And a lot of times people give up because it's just too much. It's too, if you're consistent and you do those small habits, even if it's just one, like 
one piece of pie less、mm-hmm. a week. Yeah, it's whatever works for you. Don't.、Right. But I mean, if you are one of those people that you have to go and only eat healthy keto, low carb, then do it. It's what works for you. There isn't like you know one recipe for everyone out there. And like when people come up to me and they're like, "What should I do? What's the best fasting protocol?" And I'm like, "It's the one that works for you." And if you haven't、yeah. tried anything, just try something. Right. Just jump into a fast, do a 24, see how you feel. If you feel good, go longer. Just because I did rolling 72s and 48s for my first month doesn't mean that that's gonna work for someone else. Yeah, it's really gonna be different for everyone. And to kind of just add on to that, <coughs> in terms of like. Exercise, right?、Mm-hmm. Like when you were talking about people going all out and having to do everything perfect. When I first started fasting, like I didn't even want to exercise at all. Like I've never really been much of an exercise person until I started to lose this weight. And so, like when I first started fasting, I think the first. Two or three months, I wasn't doing anything physical because fasting already was taking a toll on me,、mm-hmm. like for for as long as I did. But then I started to incorporate walking, right? And it was、yeah. just small walks, and then eventually to the point now where I walk like four, five, six miles a day. Like it's just、mm-hmm. I enjoy doing it. It's for me, it's enjoyable. It's a it's a mental like it's a ment like、yes. break from everything else. And then I started to incorporate strength training. So yeah, that's an evolution of. Where I've gone to the point of just like okay, let's figure out the eating, losing weight part, and then once、yeah. you do that, then I started adding the exercise in, and and like like you said, like over time you you learn more about yourself, right? You learn about what works and what doesn't, and even though like the small habits of yeah, I could eat a lot better, I could eat a lot less, but. I'm learning as I'm doing it. Where like I can eat this instead of this, or like、yes. maybe today I'll change it up, or I'll you know I'll stay away from this or that. Again, it's it's a process. The entire thing、yeah. is a process, and it's what works for you individually.、Mm-hmm. In one of your videos, you said something. I love that. Actually, you said I don't have time anymore to risk my health. Yeah, and that really spoke to me, and I'm like, wow. I don't have time anymore to risk my health. Like that is such a beautiful way of self-care. Thinking about yourself, like I'm doing this because I don't want to risk my health. And you have, as far as I know, you have reversed all of your health issues, right? Like your、mm-hmm. diabetes, your hypertension, and your pretty well, healthy. Even, again, yeah the, yeah, the mental state behind it, right?、Mm-hmm. Because. So when I was in my twenties, I ended up going to therapy for my eating issues, and it was really difficult because, especially at the time, because my therapist was talking about depression and putting me, you know, on antidepressants, and it was just, you know, it was just so much. It was a lot, and it's something that I've dealt with for a long, long time. And so, being able to put myself in a healthier position has helped in a lot of ways, but. The one thing that I told myself when I did start, or at least when I was trying to really get into a healthier place, was where I told myself the only two important things in life, and I feel like this can be for almost anybody, is your health and your happiness. Those are the two things that, like, I feel trump anything else in life because without your health, you have nothing. Like, people talk about, you know. I put myself aside for my kids or my, you know, so and so, and but it's like, yeah, well, that's great, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. 
if you're not healthy, I mean, what's going to happen when you get sick and then you're not able to care or do things for, you know, and that, that's why it's like, you, you have to take some time, even if it's just an hour a day or like, you know, the way you eat or whatever to keep yourself healthy, because without right. that, like people talk about money. Right. And like, I've left good paying jobs because they were too stressful for me. And I've had clients that I've worked with that I'm just like, I can't do this because it's, mm-hmm. it was too much. And it was one of those things where it's like, I would rather keep my sanity, keep my health and happiness first, you know, over money, over making an extra dollar or whatever, because yeah, again, like, and those are things I still try to remind myself with because it's still, you know, it's still a difficult thing, but health and happiness. Yeah. Number Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are there any things that you do in your daily practice to like keep your mind in a good state? Because I do think, you know, sometimes it's like, how do you get to that state? It's not something just comes naturally to be positive or to right. think a certain way. It is also a practice. You have to practice to keep your mind in a certain level? Were there any things that you've done other than fasting, of course, to keep your mind in a healthier state? Anything that helped you overcome those mental struggles? So for me, I think the most important thing was to just remind myself that my health meant more than anything, that it was just important for me to stay healthy and I think that's really what helped me keep going. I don't know if there's a specific thing that I tell myself when I go through my day to day, but I think a lot of it is more routine than anything else. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I would get up, I would go for my walk and Mm -hmm. I would do like, I would keep myself busy, but I, I always had, I guess, the goal in mind to just stay healthy, to keep what I was doing, because I knew that if I were to go back to my old ways, it would be a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. A great a great example, though, is lately, like, I picked up some new work. In the last three months, I picked up new work. And it's great work, but it is super, super stressful. There's just so much to do. And I noticed that those three, and it's one of the reasons that like I had taken a break from YouTube because this new work has completely taken over my life. And at the same time, that's how, because I was consistent with my weight forever until these last three months, these last three months, I put on about like eight to 10 pounds, which isn't like a total loss, but like, for me, it's noticeable for me. I was just like, what happened here? And, and I think a lot of that is again, the accountability, not having the YouTube, not, not being on there as regularly. And that really played a lot in my mental state. And it's something that I'm trying to work out right now. Like I'm trying to find a proper work-life balance, which is very difficult and putting myself in that mind state because I started to eat back-to-back days because I knew I didn't have to tell anyone on YouTube. I knew I didn't have to make a video or post something on Instagram because I was away from it to make up for it. Like I would eat four or five days back to back and then I would do a week fast, you know? And like, I know not everyone can do that, but like I was getting into these worse habits where it was like, mm-hmm. oh, you ate four days in a row. So now you're going to fast for a week. It's like, that's sabotaging, not how you... sabotaging yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that the last the last three months have been difficult, but the last couple of weeks, 
putting myself back into a proper mental state Mm -hmm. has been a difficult transition because it felt like starting over again. It's like, how do I, how did I do this before? You know, and to kind of like add on to your question there, because a lot of people will tell me this too. They'll be like, Hey, I used to, I did this before I've done these long fasts. I can't do them anymore. I don't know why I can't do them anymore, Mm -hmm. but I can't do them. I get that a lot. And, and Mm -hmm. a lot of times I think, People, people just, sometimes I don't think people realize how, how strong physically and mentally they really are. I think they find it hard because they put themselves in a situation where they're used to eating a certain way again. And like, I think it's just getting over that hump of, mm-hmm. of like knowing that you can do it. Like, you know, you're doing it for a reason, like all the reasons you did it before, yeah. all the reasons that you got to that point to like get you to lose that well, you can do it again it's mm-hmm. just finding finding it's that. that mental blockage i think because i hear that a lot too like people will lose like 70 pounds and then regain it back and then they're like i can't get back into it and i think part of it is that fear of like well i regained all this weight and now i'm gonna do it again and i'm gonna regain it like you're almost in the in your subconscious you are fearing sure regaining all that weight and feeling embarrassed so it's it is like a form of self-sabotage so i mean what like what can you do when you get in that rut you gain this weight back like what like what are some of the advice do you have to help people get through those setbacks So from personal experience, at least for me, I think one of the things that I try or at least have tried to do is to try to go all out. You know, I'll tell myself, you did it before, you can do it again exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that isn't the case. Sometimes I think we need to tell ourselves that consistency is more important than how much weight or how long you could do a fast for, right? Like we can talk about doing a seven day fast, but what are you going to do after that? And how, how long can you maintain what you're doing? And I think that's an important thing to kind of note here is like, take the small steps as success, right? Mm -hmm. So like, if you did a 36 before, and now you're only able to do an OMAD, like that's okay. Like you build up to it, you know, you build that consistency to make those little steps to, to gain that success again. For people that do struggle with that, that's maybe a time where if you've never found accountability, maybe it's time to find an, find an accountability partner. Maybe it's time to find someone that can help you coach or like coach you to get through like the tough times. I think Again, a lot of it is more mental than physical in in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I've been there before. And sometimes when I think back, like, how do I get out of this rut? Like I lost, you know, like 40 pounds and then regained like most of it in a month. And Mm -hmm. I like I would beat myself up so much like, oh, my gosh, I just I'm a loser. I just can't do that. So I think number one is forgiving yourself, like actually working from the inside, like what caused me to gain, regain this weight again, and just reframing the negative emotions that the beating yourself up into, I got this, I'm going to continue self-love and continue doing this till I get it right. You're not, until you stop trying. And I think that's one thing that stuck in my mind, even though I regained weight, I didn't fail. Mm-hmm. I just, I have to do it again and again until I 
till I get it right. It <laughs> and is. I think this time it worked. Yeah, it's yep. absolutely a learning process, a mm-hmm. learning process. And, you know, if you don't do it, right, you're, yeah. you'll, you'll never know. And you'll never learn from like those past mistakes. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of those people that it's in a rut or gain weight back and just can't get back into it, just number one, just spend some time just forgiving yourself. Don't beat yourself up and just try again. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay that you regained the weight. You can do it again. I mean, you're, it's a good practice. You did it once, you can do it again. If it Absolutely. happens again, you can do it again. So yeah. it's okay. You keep trying till you get yourself in the space where you're happy because there's nothing more important than that inner happiness. Yes, I can look great and you know, my body can look great, but if you're, if I'm not happy in here, that doesn't really matter because it, it reflects back on how you act. Everything that's inside of you shows on the outside as well. I agree. That's, that's actually great that you say that because even when I lost all the weight and I was, you know, at like my ideal weight, I remember there were times where I was like, okay, I'm here now, but sometimes I didn't feel like, I think a lot of people think that once you get to that weight Mm -hmm. and you look the way you want to look, everything is going to be perfect. You're going to like mentally. (laughs) And like, I remember, I remember being, I remember looking at myself and I'm just like, everything fits. I feel like I look good, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I thought I initially was going. And like, I'm not saying that I don't, I'm in the best shape. I'm in the best mental health I've ever been, but it really goes to show how, again, your mind putting yourself, you need to put yourself there. You need to give yourself that confidence. You need to, you need to feel, you need to love yourself, right? Like no matter, no matter what weight you're at, no matter what part of the weight loss or health journey you're on, you you have to love yourself Mm -hmm. because if you don't, you could lose all that weight and you could still feel like how you were, 50 mm-hmm. pounds more, you know? Yeah. I think that's so important. And when I coach my girls and guys mm-hmm. too, from the beginning, I don't care. You can be 300 pounds. One of the things that I make everyone do is they have to record affirmations in the morning. Like when they wake up, they have to, before they step on the scale, mm-hmm. they have to say, I am enough. I'm beautiful, I'm strong, whatever, whatever it is, the affirmations sure. you want to say, because even though it sounds silly, sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, but I'm not. It's like, you have to start believing those things because yeah. you are, and your weight loss is going to be so much better when you actually ingrain those things in your, in your subconscious. That's why repeating things like that, you're the worst. I did that the whole, the first year I would wake up and the first thing I would say, I am enough. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. And I was like 250 pounds at that time. Mm-hmm. And even though sometimes it felt silly to say those things, it does work. So I would oh, start I like with that. that changing. I should start. I should start doing that. Do yeah. it. I mean, all the girls actually love it. They like before it's like, you cannot step on the scale till you record saying it out loud. Cause I listen to mm-hmm. it. It makes me feel better. Actually. Yeah. I love listening to their affirmations because it reaffirms me as well. So I think it, it just, those affirmations said out, out loud make a That's huge great. difference, I think. And then you can step on the scale, whatever that number says, it doesn't matter. It's just a number because you already affirmed to yourself that you are enough no matter what that scale right. says. 
So right. if you're struggling with that, I would start with that because your weight does not define you. You're still, it it's in here. It's what you think of yourself. I mean, you, you see people that are like bigger and they're, they feel good. They're sexy. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's all on that topic. What advice would you give someone that is just starting the fasting focused lifestyle? Or maybe he's thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. Like, what advice would you give to somebody that's new? Sure. So one of the things is I think right away they they look for a number, right? And mm -hmm. when whatever that number is, it might sound daunting. You know, like, I don't know if I can do that. That seems like way too much. The one thing I always like to say too is like, hey, most of that time, like eight hours of that should be sleeping already. So like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. if I, if, if you're talking about doing a 16 hour fast, really you should be sleeping for eight mm -hmm. hours, hopefully. And then the other eight hours is the time that you really are fasting, the time that mm -hmm. you are, you know, actively trying not to eat. And whether that number is 16 that you give yourself, if you're not able to hit that 16, that's okay. Yeah. You know, like you can aim for 14 or 12 or whatever it may be, because everybody starts in a different place. Some people might be used to eating at the same time every day, like multiple times a day. And I think it's just breaking out of that habit. You know, there's also that hormonal thing where, you know, your body is letting you know it's time to eat because you've been mm -hmm. eating at that same time ever. And the one thing I always say is like the hunger comes in waves. You'll feel hungry, but it'll pass. It's temporary, right? If we were hungry all day, every day, and it never like went away, that might be a different issue. But like once you get over that hump and you get used to it, it becomes a lot easier. It becomes a lot more normal. The one other thing I, I also tell people is the food will always be there. The food will always be there. It doesn't, you know, like I get it, especially at like social events or when everyone is out mm -hmm. and like everyone's eating and you can't be, mm -hmm. you will have that opportunity again later, right? Like that bag of chips or whatever, or, you know, like you can always go get that some other time. If you are, if you put yourself in a position where like, hey, I'm fasting, that's your fasting time. So for me, I give myself I call it a switch, right? I turn the switch on and I turn it off and I always forget which way it goes on or off. But like <laughs> when that switch is on, that means mm -hmm. I'm fasting, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm, nothing is going to change my position. Like when people try to like, because that happens all the time. Like it'll have like, come on, Jerome, just, it's like, we're all going out to lunch. Let's go grab something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I already told you I'm that fasting. peer pressure. Like you get <laughs> a is. lot of that. Yeah. 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 Or it's like, just try it. Like all, all you have just, just a small bite. And it's like, it's like, did you not hear me when I said I'm fasting? I'm not eating anything. And so like for me, that's kind of what helps me get through my mm -hmm. fasts is I'm in that fasting mode, right? Like mm -hmm. I put myself in that position where I'm like, no, nothing is going to change how I feel about it because I have a certain time when I eat and a certain time when I don't eat. I guess the last thing there too is, at least for me, it's one, yeah, accountability and having a partner is great. But mm -hmm. also for me, I like to have a timer, right? I like to use a fasting app. Mm -hmm. I think that's very helpful for me because even if I don't get through that fast, I don't look at it as a failure. I just end it. So like yeah. a lot of people have that 
and I've done it too. This is something I've done in the past where I didn't hit my goal and then I don't stop the timer because I'm just like, I messed it up. I'm just going to start over some other day. But like, if you are actively hitting the start and stop over and over and over, then you're you're giving yourself accountability. You're mm-hmm. telling yourself, hey, I'm going to stop eating right now. And then at least when you do stop eating, or at least when you do stop fasting, rather, when you stop that timer and you refeed, like go back into that app and then start your fast again. Because if you mm-hmm. don't do that, I think for a lot of people, they just, they throw it to the wayside and then they forget that, you know, they, they don't think about fasting then, which is why like they end up going back to the fasting app, like two weeks later. And they're like, Oh, it shows that I'm still <laughs> fasting after, yeah. you know, I think we've mm-hmm. all been there. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that. Actually. I like starting my fasting app clock and be like, okay, just ate my last piece of food and mm-hmm. I'm starting this fast. And I go back and look at it. It's like, oh, I've been fasting for 16 hours. And it kind of gives me motivation. It's like, I yes. can do another 16 or, right. yeah, that's a great advice. You know, going back to just what you said with people, you know, just a lot of times people don't even care why you're not eating. Just say, I'm not hungry. I just ate. I'm good. Like, that's a true. lot of guys, they, they don't even care. Like, mm-hmm. just don't eat. Yeah. Don't don't fall into that peer pressure because it's like people don't really care that much. It's more they, in our mind. We get obsessed about it. We're like, oh, my gosh, what are they going to think? And most of the times they don't even, you know, if some of the people that you're friends with or you don't want to say I'm fasting because sometimes people will be like, oh, why are you starving yeah. yourself? Just say you're not hungry if you don't want to say you're fasting. No, that's totally that's fine. Great. That's great advice. I do have some questions from Instagram that people have wanted to ask. Sure. One of them is, can you discuss sugar and carb cravings? How do you deal with that? So that is my weakness. That is absolutely my weakness. And a lot of people's weakness as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I don't have, so I don't have the best answer for that because my solution to that is how I work my fasting regimen, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason I fast for 65 hours or for 90 hours is because I know that I eat anywhere between 6,000 and 7,000 calories. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I fast for that long, I will still lose weight. Even if I, even if I fast at 42 minimum, if I fast at 42 hours, Mm -hmm. I maintain my weight. I don't gain weight. I don't really lose weight. I kind of keep my weight stable then. So for me, I feed into those cravings, which is why, like, I, I know earlier you had asked what I eat and just to like, give you like a quick detail of it. Like I start off with like the healthy foods. Like I have a huge salad at the beginning and then I have like my protein and then I end up eating like chips and salsa and guac. And then I'll have like, <laughs> sounds amazing. It's, it, it is amazing. Especially when you, for me, it is like, I get to refeed tonight after uh, I'm doing a 65 hour fast today. And so like, I'm already excited to eat later today, but, and then I'll usually end it with like half a pie. And that's usually my cravings there. So for me, I actually like, I celebrate the cravings because Mm. I've fasted long enough to put myself in a position where I can eat it and I will still either one, maintain my weight or two, lose weight Mm. depending on my fast. But to achieve that, you have to be able to fast for that time that you Mm. know that you can take that in. So maybe just to kind of help with that, one question a lot of people do ask me is like, hey, I have 
a social event or like, I know I'm going to be eating more because I'm going to a bar or like, I'm going to have, I'm going to have dinner and I'm not going to be like eating the normal things I typically eat. Like, how can I do this and not feel and so the one thing I say is like, schedule your fasts properly. If you know you're going to be eating more, if you know you're like for somebody who has that craving or like maybe set time aside for it, right? Like incorporate it with your refeed, incorporate it with your eating and backload it. Meaning like, that's why like I front load with all the vegetables first. Like mm-hmm. when I have like my big salad after that, I eat like a pound or a pound and a half of vegetables after that, because like, I'm trying to put all the good food first to kind of fill me up so that when I do have the junkier foods, mm-hmm. I don't eat all of it. Cause if, you know, yeah, I, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know that if I started my mm-hmm. refeed with pie and chips first, <laughs> the mm-hmm. salad and vegetables, they wouldn't, I wouldn't even make a dent in that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I do like that. And I, I do that myself too. If I go on vacation, I know I'm going to be like gone for a week and I just want to not have to restrict sure. food. So I'll do like a 72 hour fast before I go on vacation. Yeah. And then I'll do another one when I come back to just kind of help the dopamine receptors of course. to balance them. So I'm not having those cravings, but the last Last time I went on vacation was on my birthday in April to Florida. I mean, I had nachos for breakfast and I didn't feel bad <laughs> about amazing. it. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's okay. And I gained a little bit of weight, but not as much as I thought I would have. But again, like if you have, I mean, we all have those carb cravings, sugar cravings. If you absolutely cannot control them and you need to like eliminate, I know people that have to completely eliminate those sugar foods then do it. It doesn't work for all of us because that restriction, like the more you restrict and the more you say, Oh, I can't have it. The more your brain craves it. So almost like changing the way you think about food. Like, yes, I can have pizza, but I choose to have chicken salad at the moment. And then your brain doesn't think that that pizza is scarce. It's still there. You can still have it. It's not that, no, you can't have it brain. Yeah, you're just like, yes, you can have it, but I'm gonna have this. I did the same thing with alcohol when COVID started. That was one thing that I did not want to drink. That's Mm -hmm. something that I committed to. I didn't drink for like, I think, eight months actually, seven or eight months. And instead of saying, Oh, I can't have wine, I can't have wine, I said, I can have wine, but I choose not to because I don't want to feel hungover. I don't want to feel yeah, anxious and great. not get enough sleep. And so my mind started thinking of wine, like, oh, it's a something you don't want to feel. Like, I didn't think of the wine. I didn't associate the wine as like, oh, I'm going to feel buzzed and yeah. like warm and tingly. And, right. you know, so I kind of turned it around and I started thinking of how it's going to make me feel the next day. Oh, I don't want to f- have a headache. I don't want to feel hungover or wake up at three o'clock in the morning. And that helped. So sometimes if there's a food that you don't want, like if you get bloated after eating like a whole pie of pizza, then maybe say it in a way, yes, I can have pizza, but I don't like the way it makes me feel. I feel bloated. My belly gets distended. So try that. I don't know. It's all a mental game. It's how you, how you present that image to your, subconscious mind. 
Yeah, that's great. Um, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Here's another thing. There was a lot of comments on here. She says, I love him. I'm so excited to hear this one. I love that he makes fasting work for him and that he's honest and does not promote rules. I agree. I love that as well. I was just going to say there. Well, and, and, you know, thank you, Monica, for, for saying that. <laughs> I, I was just, sweet. yeah, I was just going to add on to it is, it's when I first started the channel, I knew that it was going to get a little blowback when I first started. And it did. I remember talking about what I did, like fasting for a long period of time and then mm-hmm. eating the way I do. And then I talked about it on Reddit and there was so much blowback from it. Mm-hmm. It was just incredible. Like, why do you eat that way? Why, why are you doing this? This isn't, and it's like, and that's like later on, I had to start explaining like, hey, like it's because I do have issues with eating and this mm-hmm. is what works and this is the only thing that makes me lose weight. And now that's why I always have like, I, I kind of, you know, put a little like prelude to people saying like, you have to do what works for you. It's yeah. really important. And at this point, what I do on my channel is just share my story. So then like you can take the little bits and pieces that I do mm. and maybe tweak it to your way because yeah, like again, just like everybody's different. Everyone has a different I love that. And I think that's why people resonate with you so much because as soon as you start these hard core rules, like, mm-hmm. oh, you should not have anything else but snake juice. You know what? I don't like snake juice. Yeah. It tastes like shit. Okay. <laughs> it makes me gag. So I came up with my own recipe. I yeah, put there you go. Flavor electrolytes. They do have stevia. And some people give me crap about it. It's like, oh, doesn't that break your fast? Well, you know what? I've been successful with it. I, you... I have been too. I've been successful that way as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't want to use it, don't. I even have people that they're so afraid of fasting, like some of my clients, I have them go on like, okay, you can have your coffee in the morning and then you can have a bone broth at night. Does the bone broth mm-hmm. break your fast? Yeah, it does. Will you still lose weight? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, right. You get through that first 72 hour fast, then do it because the next time you can do it without the bone broth or coffee, whatever else you want to have and you can be successful. So again, it's not... Those hard rules don't work for me. If they work for you, great. But we both agree that you just, I mean, you have to do what works for your body and try different things. Yeah. Because again, like the longer you can be consistent, I think is more important than how hardcore you can do it for. Because again, how long can you be hardcore for? And how are you actually going to transition after you get out of that? Because once you're... Yeah. I mean, you know, some people have better willpower than others, but some people might have more motivation than others. But once you get to that point of like, where you downward spiral or you, you know, you fall out of your rhythm, how are you going to climb back out from that? And I, I think that's why it's important to know that you should give yourself some flexibility when you're doing any of these, the length of your fast, how you're breaking it, how you're eating in between all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that. Again, do what works for you. Mm-hmm. We did what worked for us. Does not mean it won't work for you. Yep. 5,000 calories would not work for me, but it works for Jerome. And, you know, some people have to completely eliminate carbs. It works for them. Right. And for some people, it doesn't work. They go crazy. They feel deprived. So, yeah. One last question I want to ask you, and I ask this to everyone. What are the three things you wish you had known sooner about 
really anything in your life, diet, relationships, just life in general, like any advice or things that you've learned? Yeah. I mean, I guess the first thing, and I've said it earlier, is prioritize your health and your happiness. It's something that I have never really properly done because I was always focused on a like making money or, you know, just I was, you know, especially when I was younger, I didn't think of that. I didn't think about my health. It wasn't important to me because whatever, even when I was diagnosed as a diabetic at 22, like I didn't think about it at first I was, but I, you know, later on, you just don't think about it because diabetes is one of those things that like silently, you know, will eat away at your health, you know, if you don't take care of it. The thing I said earlier is just when I say prioritize it, just know that like, again, without your health, you, you really can't enjoy the rest of your life. Mm If, you know, you might be able to for a little bit. And then once that starts to go, like how, you know, like you realize you should have maybe done things a little better, you know, one way or another. The money Um, can't buy health. It can't. And like, you know, I mean, what are you going to do with all that money? If like, you're not able to enjoy it, like, you know, yeah. So the second thing, these things, I guess, will just be all related to fasting and health. Like I, I guess there are other things that like, I, you know, I would say that revolve around life things, but I'll just keep this kind of on topic. I mean, health and happiness, I feel like, you know, is the answer to pretty much everything for me at this point. And I feel like for a lot of people, everyone I think deserves a great quality of health and happiness in their life. But to kind of like go on just in terms of like fasting, the one thing that I always say is consistency is key. I used to tell people, I used to brag about, I won't say brag, but like the longest fast I've ever done was 11 days and, you know, 11 day, like complete, like, you know, water fast at that time. And I was very proud of that, but I actually did that 11 day fast before I started doing these rolling fasts before I even knew how to like, I initially found extended fasting because of coal snake diet, right? Like that's how I first learned that I wasn't going to die doing it. So I did an 11 day one and I used to like talk about like how great it was and like how much weight I lost during those 11 days. But what happened after those 11 days, I couldn't tell you, I gained all the weight back. Like I, you know, cause I was like, I didn't know what to do after that. I had no idea what to do after that. Like what, what happens after this 11 day fast? Do I do another 11 day fast? And so took, I think another year before I realized that like, okay, maybe I don't do 11 day fasts, but maybe I do longer fasts, see how much calories that burn. And then like, you know, incorporate a proper refeeding method to consistently lose weight. And so. So you you mean you do shorter fasts? Yes. Yes. You said longer fast. So shorter oh, fast and, I'm it, sorry. and re- work on your refeeds. Yeah. Like do, do fasts mm-hmm. that you know will burn enough calories mm-hmm. to compensate for your refeed. So if mm-hmm. you, you know, if you eat 2000 calorie refeeds or 3000 calorie refeeds, then maybe a 36 or a 48 hour fast is what is appropriate for you to do it. But at the end of the day, the more important part is how long can you be consistent with it? Because anyone can, I'm not saying anyone, but like, yeah, we all have our great stories of how we lost X amount of pounds in X amount of days, but there aren't a lot of people that I can, 
like that I know personally, or that I've talked to that can tell me that they have been able to keep the weight off or have been consistently fasting for like as long as I have. And I'm not saying that in a bragging way. I'm just saying that in a way where it's like, Hey, I found something that works. Like this is a consistent method for me that I know I can live with this, doing this. And it might not always be a 65 hour. It might not always be a 90 hour fast, but I know what I need to do to kind of keep that weight off. So the last thing, and this doesn't just apply to fasting, but this, or weight loss, this applies to just everything in general. And the one thing I do say a lot is don't wait till Monday. And what I mean by that is, and I mean, yes, this does relate to weight loss, but I am one of those people. I mean, I still do it, but not as bad, but one of those people where I would say, I'm not going to start my diet or my fasting or whatever I'm doing until Monday because it's Thursday already. The weekend is here. So I'm just going to enjoy my weekend. And I know a lot of people can relate because I know a lot of people have done it. And so they'll, (laughs) they'll take the entire weekend and they will like gorge themselves. And then when Monday hits, yeah, they might have that energy to do that. But then Wednesday comes along or like third, and then that cycle happens again. And when I say Monday, I obviously, I don't just technically mean literally mean Monday, but like this happens when the new year hits, like, it's like, oh, it's already, but it's Christmas already or Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. is here. So I'm just going to wait until the next year. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, you've just spent the last six weeks, like putting yourself in a position where you didn't need to be. And it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy yourself or have, but it doesn't mean that you just let yourself go for the next six weeks. I mean, you know, if that's what you choose to do, that's on you. But like that kind of habit is very hard to get out of. I'm very guilty of that where I'm just like, well, the new month is coming. The new year is coming. Mm-hmm. Monday's coming. Let's just start over then. And like, we all know for a lot of people how that turns out. So yeah, yeah that, that's the last thing and I have to say. It's that mental procrastination because you are dreading something or you don't want to start something. I'm guilty of it. I've done it in the past. New Year's resolutions. Oh, it's already mid-December. I'm just going to eat like crap for the rest two weeks. And then I'll start in January 1st. And then what happens? January 1st comes and you feel like crap. You feel bloated. You don't even want to go to the gym. You don't want to show your face to people. And then you like, oh, well, maybe I'll just start tomorrow. And it just is this vicious cycle. It it does not work. I do want to go back to your point, uh, your second point. And something I want to add to that, that worked for me, I did the same thing. It's like, you're my like soul brother. I did like <laughs> my longest fast before I even started like consistently fasting was okay. five days, just straight water fast. Yeah. And then just like yourself, I stopped the fast. I lost quite a bit of weight. I don't even mm-hmm. remember how much. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. But then I went back to just eating throughout the all day long. Right. You cannot do that. You have to, like the one thing that helped me is eliminating the snacking. Yes. Like if you're going to eat two meals a day, just know, okay, I'm going to eat lunch and dinner and there's no snacking in between because yeah. that can turn into this whole binge fest eating just all day long. And that's what happened to me. I regained that whatever 15 pounds I lost in five mm-hmm. days. And I felt awful because I just went back to the old lifestyle and I did that for a year. I would do this whole self-sabotage like, fast for 72 hours, 
eat for the rest of the week. And that doesn't work. It absolutely yeah. does not work. Like if you want this lifestyle to work for you, either at least do like OMAD or TUMAD. Don't go back to the eating all day long because you will get super frustrated yourself and you're going to regain most of the weight. Right. No, completely agree. Thank you for sharing that. And again, a lot of that is finding that balance, right? Like, yeah, we, we might know what to do initially. And, you know, we might have all that, like, you know, motivation and gumption mm-hmm. to like do all that. But if you don't know what to do after, you need to have a plan. You need to have, and like, that's something I've, I've said too, you need to have a backup plan mm-hmm. because you might say, I'm going to do a 168 hour fast. Well, what happens when you don't mm-hmm. do it? Like, what, what is your plan after yeah. that? And that's why, that's what I tell people now is have a backup plan because when it doesn't go your way or if something in life happens that happens unexpectedly, mm-hmm. you need to have like, I guess, an escape plan, right? You need to have something in your, like your, your arsenal or your toolbox or whatever to, to tell yourself, okay, well, this didn't happen. So this is what I'm going to do instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a quick fix. It doesn't work. It actually if you do the law, actually Cole says that Cole Robinson says, before you start fasting, just be consistent with like, if you can do OMAD for a month yeah. and not snack throughout the day, then you can move on to a longer fast. Like, I agree. I know people that fasted a month and then they regained most of the weight because they went back to just, they didn't fix the eating part. The refeeding is yeah. the key. It's not mm-hmm. the fast. Any once you get past the three days of fasting, it's actually kind of easy yeah. to go longer. Right. So it's just controlling those shorter fasts and the refeeds. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Drink your electrolytes. That too. Um, yeah. Do the mental work. <laughs> listen to our podcast. Listen to Jerome's <laughs> YouTube. Finally fasting. He's got some good stuff. It actually motivated me. I was like, Thank oh. You. This is good stuff. I love nice. it. And it's your personal experience and you're so relatable, like somebody said on Instagram. And that's what people like. It's not some perfect, you know, I never make mistakes. I make lots of mistakes. I know you have. We're all struggling with stuff, stress, family. It's okay. Give it yourself okay. a break. It's yeah. not supposed to be perfect. We're not perfect. Yeah. No, well said. I could I couldn't even add more to that. Very well said. <laughs> I hope that this helps everyone out there. I so enjoyed speaking with you. You likewise, again, you're so relatable and I just love what you share with people. I hope everyone subscribes to your channel and follows you on Instagram. I'll post all your info in the description so people can find you. I appreciate it. Yes. I appreciate it so much as well. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. You got Me anything too, planned today? Work. <laughs> work. Yes. A lot of work, but it, it'll be okay. I'll figure it out. So That's yeah. awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share it on your social media, and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Follow Monica on Instagram at fit.fat.hotaf and on Twitter at fitfathotaf.